This is probably the most important podcast we have ever recorded since starting this thing in 2018. I had to get up for it. And you guys know why it was so important. We all know what happened on the weekend. This is the first time ever that I can credibly and honestly say these words I'm about to say. You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. That's a big one. That's a big one. Yeah. Good evening and welcome to episode 169 of the Boys in the Booth podcast. Cody Abrams and Melbourne as we get set for round two of the Stanley Cup playoffs in the NHL. And uh, I I just want to say, boys, this has been an incredible first round of uh of playoffs so far i think it's been one of the best first rounds we've ever seen or or in recent memory so it's been great and uh i know you guys are are both great yourselves we disagree i'll I'll ask you now and, and let's hear it how we doing um well i'm actually gonna have a hard time talking in this one because my face is so sore from smiling for the last 20 hours and I might have bad reception from Cloud9. So pretty freaking good, though. How are you, I Chad? No. I wonder how you're doing. That's a good one. Uh, actually, you know what? After today, I had to mention I'm not doing great. You know, I'm surprisingly not standing at my standing desk right now. Um, frankly, I'm shocked I'm even sitting right now. We were this close to doing a bed cast today because I feel just terrible, sick. I've got a sore throat, whatever. So it was almost a bed cast. But considering this is probably the most important podcast we have ever recorded since starting this thing in 2018 i had to get up for it and you guys know why it was so important we all know what happened on the weekend this is the first time ever that i can credibly and honestly say these words i'm about to say the seattle kraken have won a playoff round baby I'm oh just kidding. My. The Leafs did it, boys. The Leafs did it. They got out of the first round. Let's go. Oh, yeah. I'm elated. Clipping and he's screaming about the Leafs and the <laughs> Seattle Kraken. I was not <laughs> expecting that little change up there. That was terrible. <laughs> well, I tried. It's in my tight five, but anyway. So let's start there. First time in 19 years, they do it. Game six, John Tavares is the one to do it in overtime. Sends it out in front, off of Darren Radish, and into the back of the net. The reaction, Keith, everybody on the bench, the city of Toronto, people watching at home, Kyle Dubas and Jason Spezza up top. First time since 2004 that this team has won a playoff series. Chad... Take us through where you were, your reaction, what you saw, and just how you felt after that puck went in in overtime. Oh, boys, elated. The last however many hours it's been since they've won, I have just been consuming all of the Toronto hockey media I can because we're hearing words that have not been uttered in 19 years, that the Toronto Maple Leafs have won a round in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and it is just incredible to hear so i've been soaking it all in at first i didn't even know how to feel because i had never been there before the last time the leafs won a playoff series i was six years old turning seven and i watched that series i remember with my dad when they beat ottawa and then went on to lose to philly that fall or that same year later in the year 
I enrolled to start playing hockey in Athens, Ontario. That was my first year of hockey after watching that series. And since then, my entire minor hockey, junior hockey career, all of that come and gone. Since then, a million different milestones in my life and I've not watched the Leafs win around since 2018 when we started doing this podcast and this is like a serious note did you guys ever think that we would be sitting here today and this be the first time here in 2023 that the Maple Leafs have won around with the types of players that they had when we started recording in in 2018 it's just ridiculous guys so Saturday uh, I'll, I'll walk you through a little bit quickly what was going on um so obviously friday night at harper's uh for his birthday party that was a bash so much fun so wake up saturday morning hurting uh go get breakfast at john's which is great and uh so that might have been um you know a bit a bit of luck there i got to talk to uh i saw some of the guys from high school i saw john himself and mike as well and and said hey boys like if they win tonight i might have to be back for every meal uh on game days because you know, just a luck factor there. So got breakfast, saw my nephew Maverick quickly, briefly, wish I could have stayed longer, but I jetted it back to Toronto to watch it with some friends. I got in at about 6.30, got changed quickly, went to a bar, just the closest one around the corner, Firkin on Bay, to watch with a couple buddies um, because we knew we could walk in. And when I tell you that when that goal went in, the place exploded, I mean it. It was a gong show. People pushing each other around, mosh pit, hugging, yelling, screaming, people with phones out recording the whole thing. That night, to Leafs fans, was our Stanley Cup. <laughs> we know there's more work to do, and we're going to hear the chirps about it. Oh, the Leafs celebrated like it's, they won a round and it's the Stanley Cup. No, no, no. Shut up. Let us enjoy this. We did. Now it's back to business. And boys, just incredible feelings. Incredible. Yeah, immediately when I saw the celebrations going on, I was like, ooh, like bad luck. Like that was my first gut reaction. Then it kind of set in for me. I was like, no, let them, let them have their fun. Let them get excited. But if I'm the players, I'm not celebrating. I'm, I'm getting back to work right away, which they did. They practiced the next day. And um, yeah, it's exciting. You know, you always hear from Leafs fans who admittedly are the biggest haters on the Leafs but there are a lot of Leafs haters and when the Leafs do poorly the haters are texting their fingers are texting away tic-tac texting away but when the Leafs are successful it's crickets so I wanted to make sure to let a few people know as soon as I saw that they won like I'm happy for you congrats maybe hopefully we can see you in the Eastern Conference Finals um yeah it's definitely there's a lot of people that I, I love this for, and then there's a few people that I hate this for, and those are the bad Leafs fans. So, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and Mitch Marner, I'm sure you're not elated that he's in the next round because you hate <laughs> him with a passion. But yeah, uh, but I I wanted to mention too that um, my phone the night of was blowing up. I guess that's just the nature of being a psychotic leaf fan a public psychotic leaf fan because we have this podcast now so everyone knows that i i have this delusion where i keep cheering for this team even though they keep letting me down letting me down letting me down so the amount of text messages i got from just casual fans diehard fans like fans of the leafs fans of other teams just congratulating me on on my fandom and and being so happy for me that the leafs finally got it done 
Um, it was just fantastic. And let's be honest, guys, they deserved it. It has been so long since they won 19 years. Thank God it didn't get to 20. The memes would have been even crazier. But now we're not the butt. Leaf fans, that is. We're not the butt of jokes around the NHL because there's another team who blew quite a big lead in a series and uh, they're going to be hearing about it from me, a Leafs fan, for the next little while until the Leafs do something catastrophic, that is. So just, I like, overall, to summarize, I'm just elated. I couldn't believe it when it happened. I, I could, obviously, because they're a good team and they were supposed to do this years ago. And the fact that they got outplayed in this series by all the numbers is just perfect, sweet irony for me because yeah. this was the year they weren't supposed to. Yeah, you said they deserved it and I had to step back for a sec there when you said that, but they deserve it from years pre like prior, but this year they, they didn't deserve it. I think they got outplayed most of the games. So it's... You know a little surprising to see but i'm uh definitely happy for them and i'm back to cheering against them so absolutely <laughs> and case how like we're gonna get to this next but how incredible would it be if our two teams met in the eastern conference finals not trying to get ahead of ourselves here there are two very tough matchups coming up but mm -hmm. how crazy would that be for our hearts on this podcast to talk about our two teams going head to head i barely made it through health-wise of that Rangers series, I think it would be the end of me if Toronto and the Devils play in the Eastern Conference Finals. I, I tell people, like, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the team I'd hate to lose to the most, the Rangers are a 10, the Leafs are a 9, and then everyone else is 5 and lower. It's just, like, that much higher. And people are like, why the, why the Leafs? I'm like, hello, have you met a Leafs fan? And, the like, fans, so yeah. many of my, my friends are Leafs fans. So it's just, like, the, the sheer volume of it would be, like, unbearable. But it would, be, it would be fun hockey, that's for sure. It'd be run and gun until, yep. you know, all of the goals are scored. But I don't know. <laughs> It'd be fun for me, that's for sure, being right in the middle of it and you two just going at it. But uh, quickly on the Leafs, you know, you guys know that my dad is a diehard Leafs fan. He has been for a long time. He actually missed that moment, though. Chad, you know this. So we were at the Keystorm Saturday night for my aunt's surprise 50th, and what a party that was. And it became even better because, uh, of course, the Leafs won. And so um, I'm jumping up and down and I'm hugging people I don't even know and high-fiving people. And, and the place uh, the place went crazy in there like where you were, Chad, at that bar and in T.O. But I'm not kidding you guys. My mom and dad probably walked out two minutes before the moment actually happened. He left his phone at their place so i'm trying to get a hold a hold of him i called him like five or six times he doesn't pick up and then he finally got back to the house turned on the tv and saw it after the fact and watched a bunch of, uh, of highlights and watched steve dangles reaction which was fantastic and and all of it but i just uh i wish that i could have had that moment with my dad i've thought about it for so long since I was a kid, uh, I, I've just I've always had a soft spot for for that franchise. And but 
maybe we'll get that moment together in in this next uh, series so that, anyway um that's that's yeah. sad to hear harp that he he missed it because that also means that is he allowed to watch the rest i don't, <laughs> I don't know about that and to mention steve dangle i hope i never see that reaction as long as i live <laughs> because he screams and clips the microphone and breaks everyone's eardrums on a shot on goal so like i couldn't imagine an ot win on the he 19th is loud. Year. like steve is the best though he's like us dude like or i mean not us because you guys cheer for other teams but he's like massive fans like us who just yeah you He's know, passionate. You, you deserve, you feel like you deserve it after so many heartbreaks over and over again. And yeah. it, it was funny, like speaking of Steve, he posted obviously his reaction. He reacts to every game. And he mentioned that the last time the Leafs won a round in 2004, he hadn't started, started his account. He started it in 2007. That was before YouTube existed. Facebook was founded that same year in 2004. So it's just ridiculous to look back on this. Like yeah. it's one series, but now do you want, do you understand from an outside perspective why they're celebrating the way they are and also the path to the cup? Again, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, but is looking really nice for the Eastern Conference teams here. Like without the Bruins, who were a juggernaut all year, and without the three-time, you know, back-to-back-to-back Cup Finals appearances, Tampa Bay Lightning, who won it twice. So yeah, it it's is wide just open. shaping. I think it's, it's wide, wide open. open now. Someone, yeah. uh, just to step back one more time, someone sent me a message about it was a, a graphic that showed the longest droughts of playoff series wins and they just said isn't this your podcast and it was the leafs obviously and then buffalo and new jersey i'm like oh (laughs) but two of those are broken now yeah Yeah. oh yeah that's right and also harper speaking of your dad who didn't get to see it you know for for someone like like me or, or like us who were so young when the leafs won that series in 2004 and you know didn't really get to appreciate it because we were kids um or at least not as much as we would have today at least your dad has that he has seen some great teams throughout the years i mean unless he looks absolutely incredible for his age i don't think he saw them uh win the cup in 67 my dad did he was 10 years old but so but regardless your dad has definitely seen some great leafs teams in the 90s early 2000s that eastern conference finals run in 2002 some great teams who have won tons of playoff series so you know what maybe his nonchalant attitude about leaving the bar uh at the start of overtime maybe that's what did it and who knows like maybe that's the attitude you have to have going forward it's not all or nothing this is one step to the ultimate goal so honestly like it's not that big of a deal for your pops and he well and and that's a good point and he didn't even know i because i mean we were you know, we got after it pretty good at, at, at my aunt's party there, and <laughs> and uh, he didn't even know we were heading into OT. And uh, I like I, you know, by that point, I I don't, you know, I don't even remember really him him leaving or talking to him before he left or anything like that. But um, you know what? He's been a Leaf fan for so long. He's very nonchalant about it. You know, expects them to lose. Expected them to f up this series but uh i know that he's thrilled and the next day when i saw him we had a a nice little embrace there and uh hopefully we we get to have that in the moment 
with with this uh, upcoming series here, which, by the way, starts tonight. We're recording on Tuesday night, and uh, the second round series between the Leafs and the Panthers is uh, about to get underway in a little over an hour from now as we're recording. Dallas and uh, Seattle also starts tonight as well at 9.30. So, congratulations to the Toronto Maple Leafs. First playoff series win uh, in, in 19 years. That's fantastic. And now they face the other team in Florida, the Panthers. Case, you got your jersey on. Let's get to your New Jersey Devils, my friend. Um, wh- what a series with the New York Rangers. The Battle of the Hudson, it was great. Uh, the Devils go down 2 nothing. They win two straight on the road, then go up 3-2. to two. They lose the game in, in Game 6. And then, frankly, a dominant performance in Game 7. Um, I heard Elliot Friedman describe the Rangers as lifeless in that game. And I would have to agree because I watched the whole thing. We were all texting each other in our group chat. Um, what a performance by Akira Schmid and, and the New Jersey Devils to wrap this thing up in seven. They now move on and face the Carolina Hurricanes. How did you feel after the finish to that one last night? Hey guys, there's no betting corner segment in this episode of the podcast, so I thought I would take this time to tell you a little bit about our newest sponsor, BetStamp, the line shopping app for sports bettors. Betting lines have different odds across each sportsbook, and by using the BetStamp app, you can line shop across all of those sportsbooks to ensure that you're finding the best value available on the bets that you'd probably already be making. Also, the BetStamp app allows you to track all of your verified bets across those different sportsbooks so that you can build a more credible record as a better, and it allows you to follow other winning BetStamp users so that you can instantly be notified of their picks. So click the link in the description down below to download the BetStamp app today. And when you do, be sure to provide the code BOYSINTHEBOOTH when prompted to do so to let them know that we sent you. Every download really helps us out and it helps you out as well. So we would really appreciate the support. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I probably woke the whole neighborhood. I'm freaking yelling so loud. I not even just goals but like that play at the beginning of the game where the devils went down on a power play very fast or a a penalty kill very fast and then nico he just kind of trucked it out the boards came in with a power move and drew a penalty and got a good chance i was like yelling at that i was so excited so into the game probably steve dangle-esque and then just like the way they played that game the whole time that first goal andre palat that's why you brought him in that is exactly what you brought that guy in for it's the the drive and the he's an absolute bulldog in the playoffs kind of missing in the first three games but that game seven he was unbelievably strong on the boards on the half wall he picked up that puck put the team on his back got it to michael mcleod who had four goals all year and he pulls out that move that patience in game seven unbelievable John Marino, he's been the best defensive defenseman in that series, and he walks through the team, sets up Tatar on the second goal. Jack Hughes, saucer pass, Eric Howla, who has been the man for me in the playoffs. I hope he's back because he's been phenomenal. I liked him all season. I love him in the playoffs. He puts the one-timer home, and then Bradder uh, sealed the game up. It felt so good. And like you said, that team... The Rangers looked lifeless. 
I mean, they didn't put up a fight. Like, don't take it away from the Devils. The Devils played an unbelievable game, but the Rangers were just not there at all. And their superstars continued to be ghosts in this series, especially Panarin, who was just absent all series. Game one, obviously, he was there, but man, that was that was poor display. Uh, I'm very happy. You know, you heard Rangers in four so much after they won the first two games in Newark. It was Rangers in four, and then the Devils won one. It was Rangers in five, and then, well, here we are today. I'm so happy to beat that team. Uh, Kind of the, I want to say the theme, at least for a few teams in the first round, is playing with house money. And Jack Hughes said exactly that. He said, if you told us at the beginning of the season that we, the New Jersey Devils would be playing game seven at home in the Stanley Cup playoffs, we'd be thrilled. And really, we're going into this with an attitude of let's compete and have fun. We're playing with house money right now. We're not expected to win this. And you got to think the same thing of the Florida Panthers and the Seattle Kraken playing with house money, the attitude of let's just go out and put the best performance we can up. And I'm really, uh, it sounds stupid. Like I have, I'm so I have nothing to do with this team, but I'm proud of all the Devils and and what they did. Akira Schmidt was unbelievable. Uh, So in particular, proud of him. There's been three shutouts in the playoffs and he has two of them. So I'm thrilled. Uh, I got to say that the pressure going on to this next series is minimal. I wanted them to beat the Rangers, our hated rivals, the Hudson River rivalry. I wanted them to win one series and then I'm like everything else after is bonus because I didn't think this team was winning the cup this year. So everything else is bonus. Um, And honestly, I think we're going to get a good matchup against Carolina. It's going to be fun to watch. Two very fast teams, probably the two fastest teams in the playoffs, maybe Seattle, uh, you you could argue. But it's going to be exciting to watch and uh, we'll get into that later. So happy for you, Case. The better team won here, honestly. Like, they were better, like you said, at five on five all series, despite getting outscored 11 to three or 11 to eight, rather, uh, at five on five. Like, they dominated the play. Uh, I think when I was looking earlier, it was about 57% uh, expected goals percentage. So, just carrying the play at five on five, maybe a couple unlucky bounces, and then being able to defend that incredible power play on the rangers like so impressive yeah Um, it was like i don't even know what they went like over 14 on the last power plays or something like that but it started to scare me in the third period i was like i don't really like how they're playing this they're playing the trap and they're sitting back and waiting for the rangers to come but man they couldn't sustain any pressure in the other zone in, in the devil's zone the rangers it was just in out in out in out big chance devil score it was just amazing to watch and i think yeah, you talk about like controlling the five on five play, the slot shots. They kept showing that on ESPN over and over again. It was 11 1. Like, yeah. I think the one was Lafreniere, and that was maybe his only good chance in the series. He had zero goals, zero assists, even plus minus, just absolutely Ugh. ghosting as well. That, I don't know. I just, I've seen right. people calling him today 007, zero points, zero assists, seven games played. So I've seen memes <laughs> d- of him like, you know, with, with a gun like this, 007. But I'll yeah, tell just- you, the, the rivalry's back, and there's four oh, yeah. guys I really grew a dislike for in this series. Um, I don't know even if I want to get into this, but like, Shesterkin is one of them. 
I respect the hell out of him because he's a great goalie and he was one of the only Rangers to show up in this series. But man, I dislike when goalies think I'm untouchable. I'll do whatever I want. My team's going to stand up for me. So he's punching guys in the back of the head. He shot the puck at Meyer. Meyer took that big hit. I'm going to give Shesterkin the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he was checking in on him, but immediately skates to Meyer, who he's been going at it with all series and says something to him while he's lying like lifeless on the ground and then skates away. It's like, I think he was talking shit if I had to put my my best guess out there and i don't like that either so he's one of them trocheck pretty easy why i don't like him just the way he plays same as barkley goudreau and lafreniere that guy if he went into the crease one more time like i was waiting for kevin ball to drop him i i needed it and uh, i won't even mention true but i didn't grow a dislike for him because i just despised him before the series so but it's good yeah. the rivalry's back you know and that's Absolutely. awesome. Couple things I I wanted to say, Case. Um, first of all, you mentioned Shosturkin, and how crazy is it that the Devils, quote unquote, got goalied, you know, and still won? Igor Shosturkin was the best goaltender in the first round by a country mile in terms of all of the stats, both surface level and underlying, and he still lost. That's crazy to me. Second thing I wanted to mention is. Uh, could you guys believe that hit that Truba threw on Meyer? Like, oh. to me, I know by the rule book that's not a suspendable play because he didn't leave his feet and Meyer put himself in a vulnerable position. And if he hadn't, Truba would have hit him in the chest. But man, like, we're talking about that as a clean hit that is that that the NHL is allowing. But to me, I saw that. I saw shoulder directly to head from a guy who skated, you know, three, four full strong strides and just absolutely demolished a guy to me as an outsider i was i was shocked there was no penalty even for roughing or something like that roughing or charging or something and then the fact that he's not even going to have a hearing or, or have to answer to this he's going to keep doing it so when i saw that saw that hit i know by the rule book it's considered legal but i think that is just crazy and and maybe the nhl should look into removing those kinds of hits going forward because that could be brain damage like that's his best that's one of their best players and he you know luckily he was able to get up and, and continue playing but if he misses the next round like i mean he kind of missed this round but i mean if he misses the next round and he was important <laughs> then you know that that's a big deal so i was shocked yeah. no one jumped him um but yeah go, uh, go ahead I case was not shocked that no one jumped him please don't jump him with five minutes or whatever it was left in game seven when you have a lead True. i understand jump him next year or next year uh truba was suspended for the remainder of the playoffs there it is. There it is. Get ready. I, I had you for a second nice. there. You did. No, you I was like, wait, did I miss something? <laughs> but I'm going to take the uh, the Bedner um, opinion on this, and I'm not even going to try anymore to figure it out. Like, it's just you can't keep it straight um, what the league wants. I know that by the rules, it's not a suspension and maybe not even a penalty, but like, so change maybe the, the rule. rules should be changed then because that yeah. was pretty dangerous. Um, it seems as though Meyer is okay. He came back by the end of the game. His nose is probably broken. Um, but I, we're, Lindy Ruff is expecting good news. Um, 
from medical here and and today actually so i think he's going to be okay he is one of the devil's best players but he also had zero points that series so i'm hoping truba knocks some uh some anger into him or something i don't know but they had an embrace at the end of the uh at the handshake and it it looked like they're they're cool but uh i i would expect you know someone going after truba next year Oh yeah, I could see that for sure. And uh, I'm not going to say anything more um, because I think you guys said it all about you know how well the Devils played and and pulling this out. But I wanted to talk about the goaltender uh, Schmid and uh, what a great story he's been. He's a young kid, a, a big kid, and I thought he played extremely well he looked calm and composed um you know really really good with the glove hand in particular i just thought he looked so smooth and calm in a really big game at home uh for this young team and um you know they've got speed to burn and i agree that uh that that's going to be a really fun series to watch in round two with them and the hurricanes two very fast teams that have speed to burn and no, just uh, thrilled for the Devils, and it's going to be fascinating to see what kind of changes happen with the New York Rangers, and I think that the first one we're going to see is a coaching change, given how their star players performed in this series. Well, you know, I, I got to say hats off to Lindy Ruff. This will be about the Rangers in a second, but I got to say hats off to Lindy Ruff because of the changes he made in this series. Um you know, he he came in, he took Miles Wood out after two games of bad penalties. He took Sharon Govich out. He sat Siegenthaler even once. I don't know about that one, but he was making changes and swapped the lines around and it worked out for him every single time. Even bringing Miles Wood and Sharon Govich back in to the series for game seven, that team was notably faster in game seven than the, the games previous. And the rangers couldn't handle it and that was all from that was from brian bringing in miles wood and share govich those guys had a lot of speed and you know putting schmidt in that's a lindy rough decision um, keeping ball out there when you know the hockey world is calling for luke hughes ball was great in the last three games um curtis lazar scores and then he takes him out and like i said again sharon govich and miles wood came in a lot of great changes nothing happened with the rangers no changes at all they they swapped a couple lines around and then it was like okay we swap like he, he switched up the kid line who i thought at the beginning of the series was the only one clicking it didn't work and then he put them back together and it started working again and it's like the one change he made was a poor one so nothing yeah. happened it didn't seem like the team had any fire lit under them except for maybe game six. So I don't know. I kind of agree with you, Harp. Mm-hmm. All right, boys. Well, um, so now we're we're going to, and and congrats to, to both of you, to, to both your teams. Very happy for you both. And uh, I don't think it, it's going to be too long from now before we get all three of our teams in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I'm really looking forward to uh, the time when that happens. But congrats to you both. Um, let's quickly run through the other two series in the East, and then we'll uh, quickly recap uh, the ones in the West and uh, the, the next one we have to go to is uh, the Florida 
Florida Panthers and the Boston Bruins. It's being referred to as the biggest upset in NHL history. Record-breaking season for the Boston Bruins. 65 wins, 43-point difference between these two clubs. Boston had a 3-1 lead in this series, and shockingly, they go down in Game 7 to the Florida Panthers. Carter Verhage is the overtime hero in Game 7 in Boston. Uh, Case, we'll, we'll go to you first. Thoughts on, on how this series played out? My goodness. Well, I gave out my first sweep ever uh, for, the, <laughs> for Boston as my prediction. I guess I was getting a little overzealous, and I forgot that teams suck when they come first in the playoffs. It's weird. Um, and I actually said that you can't out Boston, Boston, but that's exactly what happened. <laughs> like Matthew could chuck alone out Boston, Boston. And then you add Sam Bennett and Lomberg and all these other guys. It's like, that's exactly what they did. And they just outworked them. It was a team that knew they weren't as good as Boston, but they outworked them. And that's what the, that's what playoffs is all about. Like, forget about your record going in. You have to outwork the other team. And Florida was great. Um, <laughs> Early in the series, maybe not so much, but their fight was was impressive. And again, like I, I mentioned before, playing with house money, they didn't. No one expected them to win, so they came out, just played their heart out. And uh, I'm I'm impressed with Officer Bob. Uh, he he could be back. I don't know, but the guy is a big game player. He might not have been good in the last couple seasons, but. He's a big game player. We've seen in the playoffs before. He upset Tampa. He's upset Boston now. That's what the guy can do. So uh, I'm happy for Florida. Uh, I'm happy for the hockey world. We can't, or sporting world. We can't have Boston continue to be like this sporting juggernaut. So it's good to see. Yeah. Agreed. I'm just happy, like I mentioned off the top, that. You know, Leafs fans won't be the butt of jokes in the NHL anymore. It will be the Bruins, who literally had the best team in regular season history, according to the points, and could not get it done in the first round. That is a bigger, more epic collapse than anything the Leafs have ever done, being up 3-1 in the series, um, or at very least, it's more recent, so let's pick on them for a while. Um, so that's where I am right now. Like, listen, the, the Panthers were the better team in the series. At first, it looked like this was going to be all Boston, and then the Panthers just didn't quit. You know, like I, I mentioned uh leading up to the end of the regular season that this panthers team like even though i picked boston to win i think in five games because they were the no-brainer pick i mentioned like florida has been battling for their absolute lives the last two months or, or at least month of the regular season and they you know they faced adversity all year long which is something that boston didn't so the the better team won here there were some uh red flags for the bruins going into this series that maybe we should have picked up on uh looking back in hindsight you know they had some injuries the game 82 injury to patrice bergeron the herniated disc uh as well as i'm pretty sure he was spending time in, in Montreal with his father, who was sick, so there was that that we didn't know about. Um, but the herniated disc, we, we didn't know the extent, but we knew he was banged up in Game 82 against Montreal. Krejci just looked tired and, and slow, and because, you know, he's played a lot of games too. This is his first year back in the NHL, and then, you know, the goaltending was 
again, looking back in hindsight, maybe a red flag because both of those guys were so good all year long, but it was a tandem. They almost split the games equally. They didn't, there wasn't one guy down the stretch who played every game. And, you know, Bruins fans are looking at this and, and saying, you know, putting in Swayman in game seven after Allmark had two very tough games, like it was too late at that point and the change should have happened earlier. Um, a lot of other Bruins fans are saying, you know, we should have treated this series like a tandem because that's what they did all year and just played one guy, then the other or two games here, two games there, um, because we had never seen either of those guys play a full season, let alone seven games in a two week stretch uh, where everything is just heightened, the emotion, the intensity, the skill level. Level. everything is heightened so looking back on it as we do hindsight is 2020 there were a few red flags we all picked the Bruins and that didn't happen and I am pumped despite the fact that I wanted the Leafs to play the Bruins I wanted them to exercise all their demons in the second round I guess we'll have to settle for another Florida team and that's okay yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I got to apologize to uh, my good buddy, Mark Brayer, who's a big Bruins fan. I watched game seven w with him and, and my brother. And uh, sometimes I have that crazy ability in the playoffs to, you know, jinx the Leafs and uh, that's well documented or, or whoever else or whatever. And we're sitting there and no word of a lie, boys. I'm like, you know what? It'd be cool if this game went to overtime. Like, it'd be really cool if this game went to overtime. <laughs> Why OT. would you say that? And then what happens, Brandon Montour ties it up with less than a minute left. And then you, you know, a, a fun little thing to do is uh, you pick a guy from each team to, to win it in overtime, right? So my pick for Florida was Carter Verhage. No word of a lie. So I was, uh, I, I said sorry to him a couple of times afterwards when, when he was really feeling down after this one. But um, I'll, I'll tell you this, Harb, wrapping up. Yep. Bruins fans since that lost loss have been very, very, very silent. They one of the been. loudest fan bases in terms of chirping, especially Leafs fans. And, yep. you know, we posted our brackets on our page and we got comments from Bruins fans saying we were delusional because only one of three of us picked them to win the cup. And, <laughs> you know, so that in and of itself is insane. But yeah. very, very bracket. quiet. Very, yeah, very yes. quiet. I can say bye to mine as well, but uh, and I'll, I'm sure a lot of people can. But yes, the Bruins fans have been very quiet, and uh, if if this is it for Patrice Bergeron, I mean, what a what a career! Uh, one of the most perfect hockey players we've ever seen. He's going into the Hall of Fame for sure. So if this is it for him. Just an unbelievable career for uh, for one of the best. But um, Florida was the better team in the end. And last thing I want to say, I think the turning point in this series was when Allmark had that error playing the puck in Game 5 and Kachuk scored in overtime. I think that that gave the Panthers life and that the momentum shifted right from there. I think that is what really turned this series in another direction for the Boston Bruins. Agreed. And just for the sake of time, guys, do you want to just talk about the other Game 7 that happened on Sunday night between Colorado and Seattle and then get into our picks quick because, you know, just, just for the sake of time, the other series, a couple of them were already over, like the Carolina one. I don't think yeah. there's much more to be said about that one. And, and yeah. Is that okay? Yeah, sounds good. I'm good with that. Perfect. 
Um, okay, so yeah, that's the uh, that's Game Seven between Florida and Boston, and uh, again, Florida and Toronto in Round Two, and uh, Game One is tonight at Scotiabank Arena. Um, the other Game Seven, the Seattle Kraken in their first uh, ever playoff series as a franchise they take down the defending stanley cup champion colorado avalanche in seven games what a series for the former av philip grubauer there you go chad you can put it back on uh what do we have to say about this one boys good for the kraken and now a word from our sponsors This podcast is sponsored by Liquid IV. Whether you're staying active or nursing a hangover, Liquid IV has you covered. Just one stick of Liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates faster and more efficiently than water alone. It contains five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C with three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. It's made with premium ingredients, it's non-GMO, and it's free from gluten, dairy, and soy. There are plenty of awesome flavors, but my personal favorite right now is lemon lime. So get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code boys underscore in underscore the underscore booth at checkout. That's 20% off anything in the store when you order using the promo code boys underscore in underscore the underscore booth at liquidiv.com. Experience better hydration today with Liquid IV. This podcast is also sponsored by the best ticket app out there, SeatGeek. SeatGeek takes the confusion out of buying tickets, making it quick and easy to get the best deals on tickets to your favorite sporting events. Plus, Boys in the Booth listeners get $20 off their first ticket purchase on SeatGeek with the promo code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. So click the link in the description down below to download the app and remember to get your discounted tickets using the code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. Get great seats for a fraction of the cost with SeatGeek. Uh, yeah, good for them. I, you know, I've never been a supporter of theirs. You, you guys are well aware of that. And I'm shocked that this series played out the way it, it did uh, in that they won. I did say that they were going to put up quite the battle, but I think that Colorado gave them way too much of a leash. Um, they played the run and gun game with Seattle. And I think if they just would have played their playoff lockdown type hockey, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. Um, Colorado a little beaten up, but Seattle, going to say it, beating the dead horse, playing with house money. They did not expect to win this series. They came in as the massive underdog and just played their hearts out. And here we are, like they're in the second round in their first ever playoffs. So uh, I'm excited for them, but I think it's going to be short lived. Yeah, Case, as someone who is high on the team, uh, I also didn't have them beating the defending Stanley Cup champions, despite the fact that there were a few personnel changes, they lost a few players in Colorado, and they weren't as deep as they were before. They still had all their horses, and, uh, well, I mean, uh, most of them. And this was a series that looked like, you know, one of the easiest ones to pick, similar to the Boston-Florida one, but clearly that wasn't the case. And it was partly because of the absolutely incredible depth that 
the Kraken have. They might not have a first line, a, a true NHL first line, but they have at least two second lines and maybe a couple third lines too. Like they have bodies up and down the lineup of guys who play with pace and play a, a nice structure as well. Despite the fact that they were one of the luckiest teams in the NHL this season, all of that, you know, that that can go aside. The numbers can can tell a story and then the actual games and the wins tell a different one. This team loved this from start to finish and it was like i said mostly because of the depth 16 different players on this team scored in the first round that's that's incredible that's unheard of do i think they're gonna win their next series i'm probably not gonna hop on the bandwagon but this is fun right like this is why the nhl playoffs are so special because no matter if you're the one seed the defending champs the best regular season team of all time you can get upset and we saw it twice in these playoffs and for seattle fans who are new to this whole thing Congrats and and be excited because th this is you know as a Leafs fan this thing doesn't happen all the time so enjoy the moment and and just you know keep cheering for your team. Yeah, absolutely. Really impressed with with Seattle and the depth. Philip Grubauer did not expect that kind of performance from him. He uh, you know the the last couple of years haven't really. Uh, uh, haven't really gone well for him. Um, so really cool to see him step up the way that he did against this former team. And Colorado just kind of looked out of sorts. I mean, they're, they're guys, they're, they're big horses, the McKinnons, the McCars. Um, you know, they were they were fantastic. But I think that uh, Landis Cog is obviously a big loss. And that's a concern moving forward. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm seeing stuff online that he may, like, he may not play again. There's people even wondering about that and the whole Nachushkin situation as well so yeah just wasn't their year to to run it back and and go on a big run but you got your cup and they'll be right back in it next year and this is huge for Seattle uh very very impressed with the job that uh, Dave Haxtall has done and and yeah it really is uh you know um uh, by committee with this group and case you know you mentioned Andre Pilat former Tampa Bay Lightning uh, player who stepped up big time and made a, a huge play in, in Game 7 uh, for for the Devils. Well, Yanni Gord, another former Bolt who's been incredible for the Kraken uh, and, and a big part of this team. So really cool to, uh, to see that as well. So yeah, happy for Seattle. Don't think they're going to beat Dallas, but um, they, they enjoyed this one for sure. All right, fellas. Well, uh, yeah, for the sake of time, let's uh, let's go to our picks for the second round. So we're down to eight, and uh, we'll start in the West, and uh, we'll go back to uh, Seattle, who are up against the Dallas Stars, who eliminated the Minnesota Wild in six games. Uh, who we got in this second round series between the Kraken and the Stars? Well, you already know that I'm taking Dallas. I mentioned that it's not going to be long-lived for Seattle. Uh, I think that Dallas is a powerhouse in the playoffs right now. The way they're playing, the team is structured so well for the playoffs because they play with so much speed, yet they're heavy and hard to play against. And then you have Ottinger, who is, you know, you, you mentioned uh, Shesterkin as being the best goalie in the playoffs. Well, Ottinger is number two, and I think Schmidt is number three. So... Um, Ottinger has been phenomenal. Their top guys have been great. Their depth has been banging it out. And now they're getting Pavelski back, the lifeblood of this team, uh, and one of the best playoff performers of all time. 
like or maybe not of all time but of the last two decades or the last decade at least um pavelski is gonna put so much energy into this team and i i think that dallas is going to all the way they're going to be in the stanley cup finals so uh i've i've got dallas and i thought about taking them in five i'm so confident in this team but i'm gonna say six games for dallas to win uh seattle once again is going to put up an effort uh that impresses us all with their house money yeah i'm totally with you case i also have dallas in six um i wanted to go shorter but seattle like they're just too pesky they just have too many lines who can generate offense and skate you into the ground so i think this is going to be maybe a little bit of a shock early on to dallas but like you know let's not mince words here they have a better forward group a better defense core and a better goaltender you know despite the fact that philip grubauer was one of the best goalies in in the first round um he was wasn't better than Jake Ottinger, you know, and that's largely why Seattle was able to get by is because Grubauer put on a show and that was, you know, he, he was able to steal games. Well, the guy at the other end in this series, Jake Ottinger, is one of the best to do it. And uh, he, he's still young and hungry as well. So Dallas in six games, got a couple X factors here. One for Seattle is Jared McCann. We know that he led their team in scoring in the regular season, though he has just one point through four games in the first round he'll likely miss the first two games he i don't think he's uh going to be traveling with the team but after that who knows and he could be an x factor for this team uh going forward because like i said he's their leading scorer in the regular season that is um and then like you said for dallas joe pavelski is my x factor as well he played 10 minutes of that uh first game where he got absolutely crunched by Dumba, but he's a game time decision in in game one here. He's had a long time to recover from this, and uh, you know if he's healthy and ready to go, it just adds to an already incredibly stacked and deep Dallas uh, forward group. So I have I have no doubt that that Dallas is the better team, and unless we see an upset, um, they should win here. So Dallas in six for me. Yeah, this one is a, a clean sweep. I'm taking the stars in six as well. I wanted to go to five, but I think that, you know, Seattle, they're they're going to give them a, a good test. But Dallas is just the stronger team. And I think that this is the start of a long window for them to to win with this group that they have and, and the guys coming. Rupe Hintz has been one of the best players in the entire playoffs so far. Big body, moves around the ice so well, and uh, he's just been scoring at an unbelievable clip they've got the uh they've got the defense they've got the depth up front and the firepower getting Pavelski back they're well coached by Peter DeBoer who has a good record in the playoffs and they've got the franchise goalie in uh in Jake Ottinger so yeah I'll take Dallas in six as well clean sweep all right. All right, let's get to the other second round series in the West. Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers, they move on after eliminating uh, the LA Kings in six games. And the very well-rested Vegas Golden Knights are who they are up against in round two. I think this is going to be a hell of a series. Who we got in this one? That's interesting that you say that because I'm actually going to take Edmonton in five games in this one. I had Vegas in five over Winnipeg. I was right about that. And I also said whoever won the Edmonton and LA series is going to beat Vegas. That extra break, in my opinion, is never good. It doesn't work out. Teams start to get, I don't know, it's, they're not into it. 
when it comes when the series comes around and uh i think that's going to play a factor but the other part is edmonton's power play is absolutely ridiculous and we are in the era of playoffs where they call more penalties than ever it's kind of hard to watch i'm not gonna lie and uh i think that Edmonton's power play is ridiculous. This team is hungry. They got through LA, which, you know, everyone was saying that that is going to be an absolute blood feud of a, a series. And for the most part, it was, but they did it in six games. Everyone was thinking seven. And that was a lot of goals scored in that series. I think that Edmonton is scary and they'll be seeing Dallas in the uh, Western Conference Finals. Yeah, well, Case, I'm with you. Not quite in five games, but I have Edmonton in seven. I just think it makes sense when you look at their forward group. It's clearly better. Uh, I will give the slight edge on defense to Vegas. I think they just have uh, better guys and more depth there as opposed to Edmonton where, you know, you've got Nurse and Ekholm and Bouchard's having a good, uh, he had a good first round series as well. But then after that, it drops off massively for me. So I'll give the edge to Vegas there. And then in net, again, I'm not really sure who gets the edge. It's, it's kind of an X factor for both teams. But I just think the Edmonton offense is so good that it doesn't even matter that Vegas has an edge on defense and maybe even the edge in net because the Oilers don't get goalied so it, it really doesn't matter I'm picking them in seven though because I think there are still concerns that this team can't defend as well as uh you know maybe a cup contender should be able to and you know despite the fact that they were good in the first round I'm still just a little weary about that decor so Edmonton in seven I feel like there will be um some moments where this series gets pretty high flying um Edmonton probably wins that matchup but I could see some fluky goals going in uh as well with goaltending being a question mark at least to an extent X factor for Vegas for me is Mark Stone currently playing on the third line as sort of a shutdown uh, role, but him and Chandler Stevenson, who are uh, play playing on that third line together, are one and two in points on the team. So although they're playing that sort of shutdown role, they've been doing it offensively too. My question is, and why Mark Stone is an X factor, which line do you match him up against? The Dreisaitl line or the McDavid line? Because this is a series now where you've got two horses, absolute horses, who are, will likely be driving their own lines in Edmonton, and that's scary to me. So if Stone is able to you know, shut one of them down, then you've got three other lines who are able to uh, worry about the other guy. And then also just in general, in case you mentioned it, special teams will be a huge factor in this series. It's basically the best power play we've maybe ever seen versus one of the worst penalty kills, at least in the first well, round. Vegas ranked to, 15. To give a little meat to my you know, special teams comment here, there, Vegas was the second worst power play in the, or penalty kill in the first round, only over Los Angeles. And they're only the basement because they played Edmonton. Like Edmonton's power play is fifty-six percent ridiculously man. good. And then Vegas's power play is kind of mediocre. Yeah, uh, at least in the first round. I mean, in the regular season's a different story, but the first round it, it didn't play as big of a factor as Edmonton's did to carry them on to the second series. Yeah. So in conclusion, I've got Edmonton at seven. I think it'll be a bit closer than you think, Case, in the five games that you predicted. But uh, taking Edmonton nonetheless, I think they're the better team. 
I agree. And when I said uh, right off the top that it's going to be a hell of a series, I just think it's going to be a really, a really uh, physical series. I, I, I just I have a feeling it's going to be. But uh, yeah, I, I'm taking the Oilers. They were my cup pick, even though my bracket is just completely done now after the Bruins got eliminated and and others. But uh, yeah, I'm going to take Edmonton in six. So I'll uh, I'll go right in between you guys and uh, just the the power play. Those two horses, McDavid and Drysidle up front. I think the goaltending is better. I mean, I you know I don't know if if Vegas can can keep it up with uh, with Brossois or or whoever it's it's going to be. Even though he looked really good in uh, in that five game series against Winnipeg, and uh, first time ever that we're going to see McDavid versus Eichel, the guys who went one and two in 2015 uh, against each other in the playoffs. So looking forward to that. But uh, yeah, I. Think think Edmonton gets this done in in six games uh, Vegas kind of gives them all they can and they uh, and Edmonton uh, takes this in six to give a little more meat to my in five comment <laughs> I guess I, I didn't do a good enough job in my spiel here but um the reason I have them in five is because the first two games are in Vegas Vegas has been sitting and waiting and getting stale and Edmonton didn't even go home when their series ended. They stayed in California. They practice at LA's rink and uh, they're ready. They're there already. Yep. They're in Vegas right now. And it's it's. I think they're going to win the first two or at least the first game in Vegas. And then they're going to be on their heels while they're going back to Edmonton and they're not going to ranger it. They're going to put it to them <laughs> at home and end this series in five games. I could see it for sure. Vegas uh, has had their their fair share of struggles at home as well. Um, all right, and uh, over to the East and and the final four there, and we'll go back to uh, Toronto, Florida, which uh, which starts tonight, uh, pretty soon here as as we're recording. So the Leafs and the Panthers. Let's get to that one. And uh, Case, we'll go to you first. I think this series is going to be a lot closer than Leafs fans want or think is going to happen i think that uh florida you know they've got a bone to pick now and i think that they're going to come out buzzing but you know the beast has been awoken in toronto they've got the series done the monkey is off their back they're going to be playing hungry as well and i'm going to give this to the leafs once again giving you that chance to have that moment with your dad harper in game seven uh and special teams is the thing that's giving the Leafs the edge. The one thing that the Leafs have to absolutely avoid at all cost is getting into the shit with Matthew Kachuk and yep. the rest of the goons on Florida. They just got to play their game and uh, good things will happen to Toronto and the special teams because Florida takes a lot of penalties. Their special teams are rather weak. Their penalty kill isn't that great. And uh, Toronto's power play is... Um, is pretty decent itself so uh i'm gonna give special teams advantage to toronto and therefore the win in game seven yeah i'm uh taking the maple leafs in six games case i don't think it will be an easy uh series but i think the leafs should be the better team here um this is the number two and the eighth seed or is it number three i guess three Three. Four. Oh, four, actually. Yeah, because I, sorry, I forgot about the Devils. They exist. They won. They're in the second round. Um, so, yeah, this is the four seed versus the eight seed. Um, the Leafs should have the advantage here, but let's not forget 
This is no ordinary eighth seed. Like this is a team who won the President's Trophy last year. They still have largely the same group there. They just kind of swapped superstars. Their back end might've got a little worse, but their goaltending, depending on who's in net, might've got a little bit better. So it's one of those things like, you know, yes, it's four versus eight, but this team is good. And I don't think for a second that the Leafs are getting complacent here after winning that first series in 19 years. I think they understand that Florida is a good team and they understand that Matthew Kachuk is a player that will get under your skin if you let him. And they understand that Sergei Bobrovsky and Alex Lyon can both steal games if uh, if you don't get it by them. So it's not going to be an easy series, but I think Leafs in six here uh, just because, listen, they're the better team. They're riding a high after winning that first round. And like you mentioned, the uh, special teams, I think, favor the Maple Leafs as well. Both of these teams last series lost the expected goals battle. Like th these were two teams who, according to the numbers, expected goals percentage were not supposed to win. Or at least that tells you that they didn't carry the play most of the time. They were on their heels for a lot of those games. The difference between those two numbers is that Florida generated and gave up a ton more than the Leafs did. So Florida's going to be looking to play a style that's more akin to run and gun, and the Leafs are going to be more happy to sort of lock it down, capitalize on opportunities that they get, and go about it that way. So does it make me feel uh, excited that this Florida team generated a shit ton more expected goals than the Tampa Bay Lightning did in the first round? No, it scares the crap out of me. But am I confident in this new look Leafs team who's feeling it going into the second round for the first time in forever? Yeah, I'm pretty confident. Leafs in six. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm going to go with Toronto in six as well. I just think that they're the deeper team. But, uh, man, it, Matthew Kachuk, I mean, he proved to be a problem against Boston. It kind of became the series of Kachuk versus the Bruins. You know, if Jeremy Swayman didn't give them the business in front, he wouldn't have been out of position for that Montour goal with a minute left to, to tie it up in regulation and send it to overtime. So um, Kachuk will definitely be a problem. They're, they're going to have to manage him. And I think that, you know, this series could go the full distance or could be different for Florida if we see a different Alex Barkov because I think he's been really quiet so far and so if we get a different Barkov look out but I still do think that that the Leafs are the better team that they're going to win this series and I think it's going to be the same thing on the road in six games I just think that's so much better for them rather than trying to do it in their own building in a game seven in Toronto. So um, yeah, really impressive for Florida, but I just, I love the look and, and the depth of this Leafs team. I'll take Toronto in six as well. I wanted to right. say this too, Hart, before we move on quickly. Yeah, I heard this stat earlier today, but I didn't have a chance to, to look it up to verify it. So someone said this, but I haven't, like full disclosure, haven't looked it up. They said that Matthew Kachuk only had nine points in 23 games against the Maple Leafs. Maybe I misheard it. Maybe it was 19, but that's career. And so to me, that I wrote that down as an X factor because this is a player who has torched the league this season and has become a true superstar. But I don't know. Maybe that's something to look into. Maybe there's something about the Leafs system or maybe he's caught up in the muck. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I'd have to look into it more, but I thought that was interesting to bring up. 
yeah, he's uh, man, he's the he's the straw that stirs the drink in Florida. That's for sure. Uh, all right, New Jersey and the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, yeah, th- th- this is going to be a hell of a series. I think that the speed on both sides is elite, and uh, that this is going to be a lot of fun to watch. So, Chad, we'll go to you first, and then we'll get to we'll get the case here. You like doing that, eh? You like doing yeah, the little, absolutely blue balls me there. <laughs> the, the little switch up harp. Um, yeah, okay. Well, I'll be brief here, Case. Uh, I'm taking New Jersey in seven, actually, which is wild to say because I thought the Rangers were going to win the first round in seven and go all the way to the conference final. But I mean, I, I just look at this Carolina team and I think they're missing some key pieces. And I just don't know how long it can go on for without having, you know, multiple superstars in their lineup so i mean like these two teams in the first round were number one and two in terms of expected goals percentage these two teams love to generate offense and they're very good at it and these two teams also can stymie you defensively the difference is uh similar to the like i mentioned with leaves in florida uh florida uh, carolina generated and uh, had fewer chances against than New Jersey did in the first round, and New Jersey generated more and had more against. So it'll be one of those series. Like, who knows how they're going to play on the ice, whether it's going to be run and gun maybe for a few games, and then both teams try to lock it down. But it'll be very interesting and entertaining for sure. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it. Case, I'll pass it over to you. When you talk about those stats, um, something to keep in mind is the first two games of that Devils series really draw down each of those, like all of those that you just mentioned. And that's a lot to do with nerves. And I hate saying this because I was so against this comment constantly being brought up, but experience in the playoffs. Yeah. Those first two games for the Devils, that was a different team than what they've played in the last uh five games actually they lost one more in there but frankly i thought they were the better team in that five on five at least um there's three things that scare me about carolina four things the fourth being i'm afraid to talk about them because i'm public enemy number one on youtube with their fans for some reason um but three things that scare me is their coaching is a game changer rod the bod is the man and he has his team playing in a different way every single playoffs um the second thing is their veterans are just gutty guys. They grind it out. There isn't, there wasn't that element for the Rangers. And the third thing is something that everyone's mentioning is that the Rangers looked slow out there and Carolina will be able to skate with the Devils. Well, I want to flip that coin and say the Devils are going to be able to skate with Carolina. The Islanders weren't doing that. So I'm going to use that argument right against them. Um, the thing that I want to say is that I've talked about the Devils as being a team that they can play games where when they play this way, they can beat anyone. That was game five, that was game four, and that was game seven. They got three in this first series. Then if they can get three in this next one, they get lucky with one game, they win. They're not going to get Shesterkin against Carolina. Um, they have a tandem situation and neither of them is overly scary in my opinion. Um, so I think that the Devils are going to come out, be absolutely ready to run and gun the way they did, but then shut it down as soon as they get a goal. And uh, it's going to be 
It's going to be a scary defensive stalemate with a lot of speed with these two teams, the way they yeah. both played their first round, uh, series. But I'm actually going to take the Devils in six games. I think a similar situation uh, with Toronto that, or uh, Toronto last series, rather, that if they go into game seven against Carolina in Raleigh, it's going to be bad news. So they need to win it in six. And I think that the Devils are going to get it done playing with house money. Yeah, a couple X factors for me for Carolina. Obviously, uh, Svechnikov and Tevo Teravainen are out indefinitely. They will not play. Um, so we're, we're going to have to look to guys like Kakaniemi, Puliarvi, uh, Stasny. You know, go down the list. Those are going to have to be big players. And Seth Jarvis is another one as well. Yeah, and that's something you have to mention in this. Like, you look at the Devils versus the Rangers. They shut down guys like Panarin and Patrick Kane. Uh, Zabinijad had one goal. Kreider, you know, he got his power play goals early in the series and then kind of disappeared as well. There's a lot of goals in the regular season that I just mentioned in those guys. Tarasenko, another one, but he had an okay series in my opinion. Um, Carolina's missing a hell of a lot of goals. I think it's over 100 goals between Svechnikov, Pacioretty, and Tevo Teravainen now. That's a lot of goals that these guys are going to have to make up against a team in New Jersey who did not give up a lot of uh, goals to superstars in the first series. Yeah, and I'll say this too. X Factor for New Jersey for me is Akira Schmid. We always you know, have this conversation, it feels like every year, where there's a young goalie who gets hot at the right time, comes in, steals a bunch of games. Now, although Schmid has played well, the team in front of him has played well, too so i don't think it's necessarily an identical situation to someone say years ago like the ham burglar right but that it's something to you know throw back yeah well it, i mean sure there have been many but that's like the number one guy where it's like the ham burglar won like 40 games in a row somehow and then yeah now he's irrelevant but akira Schmid, that's my x factor a guy to keep your eye on let's see how long he has this uh the, the this juice in him I will say he looks really good. He looks like an NHL goalie, and that matters to a lot of people. Um, you know, a lot of these guys who come in are a bit scrambly and they're all over the place. Not Schmid. He's a young guy who looks composed, so I'm more confident in him than some other guys who have come in and, and stolen games in the past. Even a guy like Alex Lyon, who kind of did a similar thing this season. Um, but yeah, that's my X factor for the Devils, how Akira Schmid plays. Yeah, I, I, I was going to mention that as well. Can uh, can the young kid uh, keep this up? He's looked dynamite so far. Um, we'll, we'll see. But, uh, you know, the Devils have a good back end, just like Carolina and uh, a lot of firepower up front. But I got to give the edge to the Devils because there are some key guys out for the Hurricanes. And we've heard Rod the Bod talk about this before where they have to grind for a lot of their goals, whereas I think that, you know, the Devils have their stars healthy and ready to go after that Game 7 win over the uh, the Rangers. They've got speed to burn and uh, and can easily get on the score sheet. So, um, got to give the edge to the Devils here, and uh, I think they win it in 7. I think it goes the distance. Damn, okay. I will say too, I wish that I, I picked Carolina and we could see, you know, the Maple Leafs beat 
you know, their their arch nemesis in, in Tampa and then Boston in the second round and then Carolina in the third round, a rematch of 2002. But, I mean, it's already wonky. It's not going to happen. So I'm picking the better team here in New Jersey in seven games. And wouldn't it be something if uh, oh. it's a battle between you two, two out of the three boys in the booth against each other in the conference finals? That would be something. Do we Thank all God make I the same picks, a, by the way? Yeah. Oh. Thank God I live God. with a nurse so that when I go into cardiac arrest from watching the <laughs> Leafs Devils, like, knock on wood, that that happened. Like, the, the series happens, not the cardiac arrest. Um <laughs> Thank God Rebecca will be here to resuscitate me. Yeah, yeah. But both of your, both Paige and Rebecca are like going to need to purchase some earplugs from you two <laughs> with all the yelling and screaming and excitement and everything that you've gone through, and it's probably going to continue. So here's yeah, hoping. They- <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, hell of a first round. Again, I think one of the best we've ever seen. And it's on to round two. Very exciting. Stanley Cup playoffs continue. Thanks for listening to this one, episode 169. We'll be back next week with episode 170. Have a good one. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at patreon.com slash boysinthebooth.